0: Sahanavavatu, Vavatu, Sahanao Bunatu, Sahavir Yam Karavavahai, Ejas Om Shanti Shanti
1: Shanti. So, hurry on. Last week, I think this, this week we are doing uh, uh, what? 36, 36 to uh, 40. So, anyone wants to chant? Okay, let me go. I'll chant 36 onwards. Asam yata
0: yoga. Ha. दुष्प्राप इति मे मतिहि वस्यात्मनातु यतता शक्यो वाप्तुमुपायतह अर्जुन उवाच आयति श्रद्धयो पेतह योगाच्छलितमानसः अप्राप्य योगसंसिद्धिं कांगतिं कृष्ण गच्छति Kachin no bhaya vibrashtaha chin na brahmava nasyati apratishto maha me samshayam krishna che tumar hasyashe shataha vadanyas Sri bhagavan uvacha partha naivēha namutra vinashastasya vidyate nahi kalyana krut kashchit durgatim so
1: um, that's 36 to uh, uh,
0: 40 you know continuing on what we did uh, 31 to uh, 35 let me uh, maybe quickly summarize uh, based on um, what we uh, discussed last week so 31 um, 31 and 31 to 35 is basically about uh, uh, what krishna says as to how one should start doing doing uh, one one should develop the attitude of seeing uh, bhagavan in everything and uh, start Start kind of you know living whatever life that one one is leading leading uh, leading, and then he says that uh, uh, I'm just reading it off the book, okay? So uh, he says that uh, who he who worships me, residing in all beings in a spirit of unity, becomes yogi, and whatever his mode of life, he lives in me. That's what he says, and then he goes on says that uh, uh, you know uh, looking at everybody uh, um, in compare comparing himself. With uh, all creatures, he looks at pain and pleasure in all creatures as the same. That's what he says, and he says that that person is the best uh, in terms of how um, uh, uh, how the, how, uh, how he compares on the spiritual path. Okay, so the whole idea is developing the equanimity to, towards pleasure and pain, and not just with oneself, but with ple- to empathize with everybody else on the pleasure and pain um, uh, as if they were your own very self. That's uh, that's the idea of equanimity. But then Arjuna has this doubt. He says that, uh, you know, I don't think this is practical. This is totally, totally impossible because the mind is totally restless. And he says, Chanchalam Himana Krishna Pramati uh, Balavad duram. That's what he says. For that, Krishna says, uh, he says, absolutely, that's true. You know, the mind is completely restless. And uh, if if the mind is restless and it's hard to control, but by uh, uh, practice and dispassion, detachment, abhyasa Vairagya, that is the technique in which you have to use to control the mind, and then um, and then the next set of exercises is is next set of shlokas is what he he explains uh, abhyasa and Vairagya,
1: I guess, which is what we'll discuss today.
2: Just to add to that, I was just reading in uh, the other another book, it's um, talking about yes along with uh, restless um, mind there's Chanchalam, there is Pramati, which is turbulent. There's Balam, strong. So with respect to Balam, uh, the author says the mind and wind are both uh, insubstantial, but they both have great strength, right? So when a person's mind changes, so does his entire personality. And the stupendous power of someone's a, a person's mind can change the destiny of an entire nation. I think we're seeing that playing out today in, in, in many ways. And we've seen it before. And... Uh, Just wanted to point that out and that it is dhridam. it's obstinate, just like the wind finds even the smallest uh, place to go through. And if it doesn't find it, it's going to find another one and finds that uh, the mind is going to figure out a way. Right. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. It's, It's really beautiful there.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Kishore.
0: So uh, anyone can start off as usual uh, with your aha moments from 36
1: onwards. Before 36, uh, I had a quick uh, point that is on
3: 35. So Swamiji, in one of his lectures, point out points out uh, what a good teacher Lord Krishna is, uh, because when Arjuna says, "So oh, this is very very difficult," uh, he say he immediately agrees with him. He says, Ashram Shayam Mahabaho," and he also used the word "Mahabaho," means one's a great one, who's a conqueror, and for even such a person, Ashamshayam don't don't have any doubt. It is definitely very difficult not to downplay this thing. For the Lord, probably everything is very easy, uh, but. Uh, He understands that it's like for all the students' perspective, it is definitely a very difficult thing. So with agreeing with him, he immediately makes a very consoling message that, yes, it is going to be difficult, but you still have to do this with Abhyasa and Vairagya. Absolutely.
1: Great management technique, I guess. So maybe you know I'll just uh, 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 just kind of kick off
0: this thing. Maybe let me just get to the mobile. There's something yeah. that I, I noted down when I was listening to
1: another lecture, which uh, let me just look it up. Yeah. So I was listening
0: to this lecture on uh, some Upanishad, Mahanarayan Upanishad, I think, and there there it uh, it talks about uh, you know uh, the various stages of uh, Tapas, right? And uh, why it is connected, I'll explain. So it says that first, to um, I mean, it's a, the the sloka goes on. It's a it's a uh, Sanskrit mantra which I, I don't know how to chant it. So it says that uh, first, what what you need to understand the uh, the reality that that you need to understand that that itself is tapas. So which is yoga, like you know, you need to know what is the goal that you're driving to, and then then once you understand it then you need to uh, start living that life. That is also another tapas, right? And then uh, for you to live that life, the mind has to be peaceful. So that is, the mind being peaceful is also a tapas. And for the mind to be peaceful, the sense organs should be withdrawn from external to internal. That is also another tapas, it says. And then for the sense organs to be withdrawn and to rest within yourself, there are certain techniques that you use things like you know danam and then certain food control and then set uh, uh, uh and then uh, danam tapa yagyam which is which is uh, you know sacrifice and then it says practicing uh, that everything is uh, brahman so the 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 mantra goes something like rutam tapas satyam tapashrutam tapas shantam tapodamaha I'm sorry I, I pronounced it terribly I apologize for that but I just want to break the words to uh, help you understand the sequence in which it it shows you know what is the what is the step one step two step three, step four and if you look at it you know in this entire chapter I think we've been doing exactly the same thing you know if you re, if you recall the previous lokas, it says that first you go to sense control and then mind control and all that uh,
1: body control, you know, sitting straight and then sense control. That was pretty cool. Hey, Guntax. Uh, uh, sorry, I was uh, talking
4: on mute, trying to talk. Um, let me just come back. I'm doing some karmas in parallel, uh, which I have to get done. But uh, <clears throat> so I was listening to, um, I, I just want to add to what you said and what Krishna also said. I was listening to uh, um, uh, Swamiji's lecture on the One of the Upanishads, Chandogya. uh, Yeah, it's a Chandogya Upanishad. Uh, And there are a whole bunch of... Sorry? Um, There's a whole bunch of stories in that uh, Upanishad. It's like extremely intricate. Uh, It's one of the more intricate ones, I think, out there. Um, In the sense that all these stories are so symbolic. Um, And... um, and we were also talking, right, when we were editing, when you were editing the, my book, uh, you were saying that, uh, you know, how, how is this, um, the transition, uh, I was talking about the transition of Krishna from, uh, from a friend, from a charioteer, actually, from a charioteer to a friend, uh, to a guru, and then finally Bhagwan, right? So there are like a lot of transitions happening and how he does it beautifully. Uh, Although he wants to get to that guru's status pretty quickly. uh, But he lets his disciple or uh, friend slash sishya just vent all his feelings first. Uh, He listens actively. Active listening is there, uh, which is extremely relevant, right? Um, He also does this, what Krishna was exactly, Krishna K2 was saying, um, he... uh, he agrees with his disciple, what he says. Yes, uh, I know the mi- mind is a monkey mind. Um, I know you ha- you will have doubts about it. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. And then I go back to the this Upanishad. So I listened to this story very recently. Um, this Prajapati was basically uh, Brahma, Brahmaji, uh, the creator, and there's devas and asuras, and they uh, go to Prajapati and say, hey, we hear a lot about this Atma thing, and you explain the benefits of learning about the Atma and uh, you know uh, understanding it properly, which means it gives us like amritam and immortality and all these other benefits like abayam and so many other things, complete knowledge, ultimate truth and all that. So we want to learn it from you. So, they, uh, so Prajapati says, okay, stay with me for 32 years. And, um, and so they, they stay with Prajapati for 32 years. And then uh, at the end of the 32 years, they, go back, they, they have to do seva for 32 years with, with their guru. The, at the end of the 32 years, they go back to Prajapati and say, um, so, so tell us what the Atma is now. And uh, Prajapati says, go and look in the water. And what, what do you see there? That's, that's the Atma. So they go and look in the water and they see uh, they see themselves, their physical body. And they come back and say, yeah, this is what we saw. So this is the Atma, right? And Prajapati says, yes, that's the Atma. And, uh, and then they, they go off. Uh, then, but, but the thing is, the way Swamiji describes it is really beautiful. Just as they are walking out, uh, Prajapati kind of uh, uh, just makes a random statement. Some people uh, just don't get it. The equivalent of that. okay? Um, the Asuras listen to that statement. The Deva, uh, Indra also listens to it. There's, there's one representative from each of them. Indra listens to it. The Asura, I think, is Virochana. They listen to it. And Virochana is like, yeah, yeah, I know. Some people don't get it, but I got
1: it. <laughs>
4: you know. And he goes and preaches to the entire Asura clan that this is what the Atma is. You need to worship it. So, uh, so from that time onwards, Asuras, what they do is they always worship their own self, like their physical body. So you'll see that they have a lot of mirrors and uh, they'll have uh, like what we call Alangaram. like They'll decorate themselves and they'll put makeup and everything. Uh, of course, Indra, he goes away and he thinks and he comes back to Prajapati and says, wait a minute. This is not it, Right. And and then Prajapati says, yeah, <laughs> and he keeps quiet. Uh, then, then it goes on. The dialogue goes on. And, and Indra ends up going through four stages of 32 years each until he gets to the ultimate point. But the point being how a guru makes his students very, very comfortable to keep asking questions. That's the point I think uh, Swami Ji was making, and it's it's exactly what Krishna is doing here, which is which is just an amazing thing. I mean, we keep talking about active listening before you say anything and all that. Um, this is uh, it's it's right there in front of our eyes. That's the big aha for me.
2: Good
0: good story, I, I, and I, and I know it's part of your book, which is good.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: This,
5: you know. Sorry, go ahead, Sutya. No, no, no. You please, you
3: go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying the word "asura" has like two ways you can interpret. Uh, Swami Ji says uh, one is "sura" means devas and then "asura" means the opposite of them. Uh, but it also comes from uh, "asusu" means uh, <coughs> that. So one it could mean its breath, and the another meaning is sense enjoyments. That's why in uh, chapter uh, two, verse twelve. That is another definition. One who revels in their own sense enjoyments is Asuraha.
4: Yeah, it's wonderful, right? I mean, it's it's so symbolic, right? Uh, it, It doesn't mean that we are all believing in these demons and gods, but it's just a way to express these things. Yep, yep, and it's, uh, it's extremely
5: beautiful. So, Kuba. No, I, I, I was just saying that, you know, this 37 to 39, uh, I think, you know, any seeker would have felt the same, you know, at some point at least, you know, but, you know, am I going to miss out on this also? And uh, I don't think I'm going to get en- enlightenment, uh, you know, at least in this life. So, am I going to miss out on this also and that also? I think... I mean, he is actually directly, yeah. I, I mean, I was not, I, I was not aware that he would directly ask, you know, like this actually, <laughs> how am I going to miss out on both?
4: I mean, we never realized, right, Sakuba, in when, like all this Bhagavad Gita stuff, right, we never realized that so many things are here, in here already, right? It's uh, really cool. Yeah. and somewhere i think uh, it also says that krishna has a smile on his face or something like that bahasani i forgot exactly
3: in, uh, verse yes in chapter 2, 11 before uh, he yeah, yeah.
0: Bahasani before bahasani he talks yeah
3: yeah before
0: he starts yeah. no but 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 actually uh, sakuma you're right when i read this cha- when i read this uh, shlokas again I, that's exactly his feeling i said okay i'm i'm you are asking me to go on path a what if I don't reach my destination? Am I going to be like a, you know, <laughs> abandoned person somewhere? You know, waiting, waiting to be eaten by something, uh, some animal or the other. And so, I, I at least I, I at least I knew what path I was choosing, and you made me change my path. And now, you know, I don't know what is going to happen to me. <laughs> that is beautifully, beautifully articulated, actually. And uh,
2: maybe back then. Um, there was also this thing that if you take like monkhood, it's a one-way path, right? So it's it's also possible that people don't typically come back into society. And then uh, is this the right thing or not? I mean, I, I lose what society has to offer. And at the same time, I don't get to go beyond. So I'm, am I stuck in this no man's land?
0: Was it a one-way track in those days? Not, never Always is,
3: you okay. can never come back from sannyasa. There's like some very, very, very harsh words that goes on to say once you go, don't try to come back to okay. any other ashrama.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah. So on this strive rightly, uh, sorry, go ahead, go, go ahead, Satya.
5: I'm saying that as as the you know the you know so that means you know when. The strive rightly, you know that part which is being emphasized in in all in in all the shlokas that we are doing today. So, if I, uh, you know, I mean, it, it 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 does it give you some leeway that you know, as long as you're not really doing completely something other make, you know, you can still go ahead and enjoy what you know the smaller uh, things in life. Is that
0: yeah. is that uh, yeah, not just smaller things, even bigger things also one can enjoy.
1: Yeah.
3: So no, nothing nothing wrong with it. Yeah, Swamiji See? says sure. the, the only thing Vedas ask you to do is leave a very dharmic life. As long as you're due with Dharma, there's no need for you to come to Vedanta. Keep enjoying and like yeah. just be indulged with your karma as long as you're doing according to the Dharma rules. Keep on going. Let it take as many years, decades, or even says Janmas also. Because we believe in rebirth and everything. The karma problem will also follow. Karma will also follow. Take as many jenmas as you want. And at some point, just realize, oh, so this is the final way uh, to the goal. On that note, Swamiji also says another very nice, interesting thing. lot of times, like uh, when we try multiple approaches, he compares it to somebody who wants to dig a well. And then let's say the water is at 100 feet. They go into one location, dig up to 95 feet, and then say, oh, I haven't seen water. Let me go to another place and then go dig up again to 90 feet. And then give up and then at another place. So in all these things, it's it's wasted. If only they had gone a little bit more, they might have found uh, something. But but with this Karmapalam way of things working out, it is still accumulative. Like in your next birth, it is going to influence you. You're not again starting from zero. Maybe you'll start from 50 or 60 or something. This like a lot of it is still up to you. And that's also the reason why we hear stories of very young people or saints who get like instant uh, way to realization and so on, is that it's all the accumulation from many, many, many uh, janmas.
5: So for, so for some of us, you know, <clears throat> where this uh, ultimate enlightenment may be, uh, uh, may be very abstract. And, uh, and <clears throat> so in that case, you know, just living, living a, a dharmic life uh, without you know, causing harm to somebody or you know I mean following whatever Dharmic rules. So I mean, is that is that good enough you know and 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 uh, don't have to I mean, of course keep I mean because the, you know you will be adding more karma and probably good karma only so your your cycle of life and death is going to continue. That's not going to end by this, but at least it will be a a better life you know in this as well as the future one. And uh, probably the ultimate enlightenment will not happen. Is that?
0: Is, I mean, is this the right interpretation? Absolutely, absolutely correct. And in fact, I was I was just reading this and uh, reading this somewhere just yesterday. I was reading this. See, it's saying that uh, you know uh, our our scriptures don't ever prevent anybody from leading uh, uh, leading any life what they want, as long as it is dharmic. And uh, they use a very powerful example. The example is, uh, you know, I mean, uh, they're saying, okay, I mean, we are saying, you know, the moksha is beyond papa and punya, but at at that at the minimum at the minimum go accumulate punya and don't accumulate papa. And to describe how not to accumulate papa, they use this beautiful analogy. Okay, if they say that imagine there is a huge pit, okay, a deep pit, and there's a two uh, there's a stick on on top of the pit which is which you have to cross. Right and uh, the where you can keep your feet on the on the stake are those places where there are sharp swords, okay, sharp knives, and if you you have to keep your feet on top of that knife for you to walk that particular uh, you know the pole that has been kept on the on the pit and below the pit you can imagine you know a, a, a big fire or whatever hell you want to imagine you can imagine if you go there you are gone so you don't have a choice. If you want to cross that particular thing, you've got to put that, put your feet on on each of those swords on top of that uh, stick, and then cross. And if you don't want to put your sword uh, feet on that on that sword, you will slip and you'll fall. So he says that you know doing papa is exactly that. It's like walking on that particular thing. You don't have a choice because if you keep, if you want to cross that, you know you will you will have to take a lot of pain, sometime or the other, based on what you accumulate. So he says best thing is to avoid that kind of a pit completely and walk the path of uh, punya at least accumulate punya and he says the the logic what they say is when you accumulate punya punya is a pre-qualification for you to even understand vedanta
1: finally yeah good but, explanation That so analogy why are was we stuck in my mind right,
5: last question before Muku. Uh, you know you can ask uh, you
0: know
5: just after this so why are we then why are we then made to feel sometimes guilty of not of doing something or not doing something as I mean as long as it is other
0: make I can completely understand
1: yeah. uh, Even in the, a, question,
0: the question probably yeah. is it's not why are we made made to feel uh, guilty the question <laughs> is why do I feel guilty? that's a question How? we can ask ourselves. Yeah, wait, so is it
5: like a, a conscience check that it is in the borderline case? Yes. You know, you need to be, you know, I mean, you may fall, like, you know, the pit that you were saying. So, you know, just one wrong move, you know, you may fall, actually. Yes. So is that is you know, is, is that what is manifesting as a guilt here? Yes.
6: I mean, a lot, lot of times, I don't know, without the example, right? Do you, you want to give an example of guilt? I mean,
1: it's a simple, yeah, yeah, exactly,
5: yeah, exactly. Like, you know, for example, I, I, you know, uh, last couple of times, you know, I have missed, uh, say, you know, Ekadashi fasting, okay. So, I mean, y- y- instead of uh, going into why did I miss, or that maybe, I mean, for some reason, I would have missed, and then you know, the, the guilt makes you more, uh. Uh, I mean, makes you more upset, actually. Uh, not, I mean, not the fact that you know you missed it because there were, there was something. Uh, in 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 spite of your best efforts, you know, um, uh, you could not do it. So, uh, is it like you I, know, I, if I don't fall, you, yeah.
2: I, I remember Satya uh, Swamiji Ji saying that guilt is a sign of progress. Okay. Right.
3: And also, guilt has a positive function, right? We,
2: Previously, you, it would have just passed and we wouldn't, wouldn't have cared. At this point, we at least know, oh, uh, this was supposed to be done and I didn't do it, right? So that guilt comes in. So it, it's um, it's a sign of progress uh, uh, is how Swamiji used to say, yeah. What,
6: what I've heard uh, from my guru is I mean, the way he approaches a lot of these. is, uh, I mean, guilt, has got a negative connotation right? this our, our our scriptures are prayachitta right prayachitta means you acknowledge take responsibility and move on right the guilt has got the other angle of pulling you down um, so so he he never i mean he says that there's no in, in in vedas there's no is only prayachitta right meaning you acknowledge you take responsibility and don't repeat and sometimes the prayachitta could be know whatever you do, you do a penance right to 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 acknowledge that, you know, that process go through. He says there's no, there's not like a, guilt has got a lot of negative baggage. Nobody needs to go through that. That is this yeah. point.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Good. So,
7: so, I, I would just add to what Mukhu and Kishore said, is that um, like how Kishore said guilt is, uh, you can see it as, you know, a process of moving forward, but how Muku said, um, you know, it can pull you down. So you have to pardon yourself to come out of that and do what Muku said, you know, do the next thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is atman, you, neva, yeah. At, atman Neva At Atmaneva Atmana. Atmaneva Atmana Tushta. Atman 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 atman
3: atman. Yeah. And then another is Udaret Atmana Atmanam.
0: Yeah. Lifting right. oneself by our own self. Mm-hmm.
2: So Satya, to your other original question, it's dharmartha kama moksha, right? So it's uh, basically yeah, um, at, at some point, you know, as long as uh, dharma is maintained, you, you definitely go through um, the pleasures as well as wealth accumulation, what have you, right? So as long as dharma is maintained in both of them, and um, um, but at some point, we start to question, right, and that's where Vyra game kicks in. It's like, okay, a wealth accumulation, we've done that, check, check, check. But still, we haven't, we, uh, we haven't still seen the cessation of suffering. So then, what happens, right? So the, that kind of questioning does happen, and that's the beginning to me of um, uh, the the level of um, game increasing, right? And then we uh, eventually question. Um, how does suffering then end Um, by following what I've already been doing by, um, and then you start to, um, one starts to uh, see beyond that, right? Um, Whether, and a lot of people actually you you see it, um, uh, look to purpose, right? Which is uh, um, also another definition for dharma in this particular context. They look at, okay, I'm not going to pursue wealth, but at the same time, go to look at purpose. I'm going to get into some kind of, um, whether it's charity, whether it's uh, some other means um, of giving back. But even there, uh, you start to see uh, uh, you hit a wall at some point. And then what? right? Uh, And the realization then would be, hey, you know what? Happiness cannot come from, that type of bliss cannot come from outside. Even if by doing good deeds which are which is the right thing to do no doubt however um you don't bind uh the ultimate bliss and happiness with that instead it comes from the only sources inside you right and and that type of realization will cause the vairagium to increase and and eventually we would be happy to enjoy what is happening but um, not be bound by it right not that we are, are craving for it if it happens happens doesn't happen it's okay both are okay Right. So that would be this, uh, um, the equanimous mind that we can attain. Yeah.
1: So, so is the definition
5: of Dharma absolute or, you know, it is also relative
2: contextual. It's, it's it can be contextual. The easiest way I've, uh, I remember is basically the, the golden rule or, what they say as a golden rule, right, which is, uh, um, uh, do things to others that you would want others to do to you or and vice versa. don't do things to others that you don't want others to do to you right I mean, I, I mean I'm saying it wrongly, but I mean in the sense badly, but you get the point though yeah, I, I get it actually. so so but but that can
5: be applied you know where where I'm trying to do something which the other person will also get affected because of that. but there are many other confusions, you know uh, where I mean, it is within you. It's not. I mean, there's no third person involved.
1: So
0: Sakuba, so the other definition of uh, dharma is also that to follow the natural order. You know, you got to you got to do what is natural, and natural order means like at a very very physical level, waking up in the morning and you know, along with the sunshine sunrise, or probably a little earlier than that is natural order, and you know, not not staying not doing the BPO work is natural order. That's one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at uh, natural order is like, you know, what comes to me as an individual naturally to do today at this point of time, based on my mindset, physical and emotional mindset. I may have a different goal as an individual, but, you know, I can't stop my mind at this point of time. It requires a little bit more time. Therefore, I will do what comes naturally to me at this point of time, but, but, Keeping in mind my original goal. What was my goal? So the purpose becomes very important before you actually do anything what you do. So in the whole thing, if you look at it, what is yoga? What Bhagwan is saying so far is that you take off your anchor from where you are and
1: anchor it on me and then do what you want to do. That's what he's saying. Yeah. I think one other comment
6: I would have, Sukhubha, I think from what you said is you, I mean, the, the kind of underlying I mean, thought current you are having is so oh, enlightenment is far away, right? Kind of idea. Oh, it's like a bullock cart. I'll sit and journey, journey, journey. Maybe this birth, I'll do some, I'll feed some cows next birth. It generally, it doesn't need to be that way. I think once you become a seeker, right, which I think all of us are starting to question that Kishore said, right, you know, you're starting to turn in. Understand that you know outside is not going to fulfill at a very concept level, right? You don't need to know the wealth is not going to fulfill. I mean, at this point, there's a general understanding starting to turn in. From that point on, it can be a flip, right? Your enlightenment can just be a flip of uh, like a second. It can happen this minute, right? That's that's how the reality of enlightenment is 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 a quant. It just is a flip. So, just a lot of time is depending on the intensity of how you know that that's why I know there are three or four types of vairagyas I think Krishna too alluded to last week right there's a uh, there's a vairagya you know you the, like you know I, I think Satya so I, I sent you a link right on the mm. three types mm. of vairagya right yeah so any yeah. incident sometimes happen you know somebody dies close by then the vairagya deepens right then that can pull you into the uh, into that uh, you know, into the higher seeking intensity and then that could just flip the flip you to enlightenment right. So I just want to kind of say it's not a long bullock or journey. It's never is. Uh, it is always now. And the possibility of it happening to everybody is now. This can all happen as we like. If we take a pause. It can happen now. It's as e- it's easy to read. Yeah.
5: All I can <laughs> say is... All I can say is... So let it... <laughs> And, and FIR, right? I mean,
2: we should also remember FIR, I mean, you can see the progress um, uh, in, in ourselves, right? In, in terms of keeping a quiet, calm mind, um, who wouldn't want that, right? No matter the situation and mm-hmm. how how um, close we are, I mean, are, are we deviating from it? That, that FIR could help us gauge that, so... The, the, the other one related to this question is, uh, okay. Um, which is, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going down this path. Will I be in no man's land, neither here nor there. That's kind of what, um, Arjuna is asking, um, had the same thing, same questions, um, uh, um, you know, when I just first started going down this path, it's like, you know what, uh, the, you know, uh, well, what is uh, what if I don't uh, and, and get to the other side? What if I don't? It, the improvement doesn't happen, and and what happens? Um, one way uh, I I found useful, I found it useful, is to see what happens at death, after death. What are you carrying? What is moving forward, right? What is moving forward? Um, the physical body goes away. The subtle body, causal body, moves forward, right? So. Um, mm-hmm the karmas, the punya and papa moves forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and this birth can be used to make that better. Whatever is moving forward, it's almost like the, the scout's rule, right? You, you know, you uh, make it better than what you found it, right? So uh, you were given this body, this physical body and the subtle causal body came with it I mean, uh, um, in this birth. But when this birth ends, can I leave the subtle and causal body in a better place than I found it, right? And that can be done only in a human uh, form. Now, we've been fortunate enough to even get that uh, in the first place. So why not use that time to leave it in a better place? Now, it might not result in enlightenment. I mean, why even think about it because it's not in your hands anyway. Uh, Why not just think about leaving it in a better place and if that better place happens to be that it is enlightened, okay if not that's okay you've left it in a better place that's all you can do so why why um, yes the mumukshu uh, mumukshitva should be there however it can um, it, it doesn't have to pull us back in terms of well, what if i it, it's not a binary whether i get it or not but can i leave it in a better place and let that move forward with that better um, amount of um, of punya in uh, in in terms of the karmas in the causal body, so it can get a better birth, even better birth next time. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. <laughs> I um, yeah, it's a very
5: very practical way to look at it. I think I mean th- that that makes much more sense yeah. than looking at it as zero or one. Absolutely.
0: I think well said, Kishore, I agree with you. And also, you know, um, I, I think there's an element of time uh, you know, uh, while I agree to muku what you're saying, you know, in, in practice, what happens is most, most of us will probably even bring in that element of time and say, okay, we'll keep, keep doing what I'm doing because this is what it is. But I know at least I've changed my path and then you keep doing the right thing and then keep on. But then it takes a little bit of time for for for, for that thing to say, accept. Saying that now, I think this is working for me. Type type of an acknowledgement. Till that
1: time, I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I like
8: uh, Kishore. What you said, uh, you you keep moving forward, and 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 that's kind of what's in your control. So you even if you don't get enlightenment in this birth or whatever, you are hopefully in a better place, or you start in a better place in the next birth.
2: Kind of thing. Is that what you're saying? That's right. I mean, if you think about it, if you, so let's take our, our own uh, SPG as an example, right. Um, You know, what led him to this path as an example, if you just see certain things in his current life have been favorable. If you, if you see um, here, you know, there were some influences, he was born into certain things and so on. So why did he get that? But um, the, the best way and most possible answer to that is, The the karmas that he has um, uh, accumulated led to this birth. I think we we know that causal cause and effect. So um, and we've again, if you look at Shankaracharya, same thing. You know, we have seen so many uh, great souls who have uh, attained uh, enlightenment in very early life and so on. So the only way to explain that is through this cause and effect uh, theory. so in this birth, then we um, le- le- make that better. That's pretty much the only thing we, we can do, isn't it?
8: We still have the intense desire, but if it doesn't happen, that's okay. I
2: you're mean, just m- making it possible. You're laying the... Um, you're, you're tilling the soil and making it better uh, for the next birth uh, right. to, um, so, or the so next births. one of the births to make it better there. So, so just one random question. I mean, can
8: you if you're on a spiritual path, right, could you regress spiritually as well? Uh, You know, or is it like once you get to a certain point, you will, you got there and so you kind of keep moving ahead. I I don't know the answer. I I remember some conversation in the past, but that's something which certainly occurs in my
3: mind.
0: Yeah, definitely you can regress. One can regress.
3: Mm -hmm. Actually, all the uh, various stories of sages, like for example, Vishwamitra, he's the for Gayatri Mantra itself, he came up with it, right? But then he regresses and then falls for uh, Menaka and then all the thing happens. Uh, and Swamiji says it's not meant to be taken in a negative way, but more saying that even for the greatest of sages, Kama Yesha, Kroda Yesha, it could happen and like in one second you can follow from that. So they kind of sacrifice this sanctity of all the sages to prove to the point it can happen to the greatest of beings that we should be uh, very, very careful. To add the point of uh, Kishore saying, if you think of the journey as its own reward, like also what Bhagavad Gita itself teaches, uh, then it feels much better. Like I am doing this, I am not expecting any other reward. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Swamiji himself summarizes, moksha is realizing that you don't need moksha. Because if you truly believe Tatvamasi and you can say to yourself, Aham brahmasmi me, the whole reason of birth and rebirth does not occur. Something is going to keep happening to the stool of Sukshma, Karna, Sharira at all. But you have stopped identifying with all those things. So Which is what Mukhu is
0: saying, basically.
3: Yeah. yeah. So then, then you do not uh, worry about that, oh, this is Moksha or if this is what's uh, going to happen further beyond beyond that point. Uh, one more thing also is the two two quick additional points. So one, it might lead us to think that, oh, you have to be a sannyasi, or you have to kind of progress to the point where you have to go to be a sanyasi to get this final jump. And that's also the point that Bhagavad Gita clearly says it's not necessary. You can be a grihastha and still you can get your uh, enlightenment. One being the case of Arjuna and Krishna himself being a grihastha, but also the other uh, parallel example is Ashtavakra Gita, where uh, sage Ashtavakra comes meets Janaka and Janaka is a self-release Yani. And uh, he even teases him, hey, you are still being a king. You are enjoying all your army and food and palace and everything. Why do you just say that you are self-enlightened and he tests Janaka and Janaka gives all the reasons and then Ashtavakra doubles down and explains that's good. So the other very convincing example that you can do it in this life now uh, with being a grahastha ashrama itself, you can do it's a realization. The other example that uh, stuck with me was, uh, it's instantaneous, it's knowledge. It's not a physical process or anything or an experience or anything to achieve. And, and the example for that is like, Imagine a very deep cave that's been thousands of years in darkness. All you need is that one small lamp to be lighted, and instantly darkness goes away. That's how far. So once the ignorance goes away, that is realization.
1: Beautiful, yeah, Beautiful. And
0: just to add, just to add to what continuing on the Vishwamitra example, right? If actually I don't remember from a time sequence perspective when he did the Gayatri mantra and when he. Uh, uh, when he, you know, had fun with Menaka and all that stuff. But the, but finally, you know, he did all those things and he was getting impacted by, uh, you know, this Kama and Krodha all the time. But when it comes to the Ramayana stage, right? At that point of time, I think he he would have been recognized as Brahmarshi or he would have attained that status. At that point of time, when all these Rakshasas will come and uh, stop the uh, Yagya, you know, he does not use his powers to vanquish them. He goes the normal route because he knows that, you know, he should not go back to that, you know, he should not regress. He goes back and goes to Dasharatha and says, I want Rama and Lakshmana to fight these uh, demons. And mm-hmm. at that point of time, in his mind, it's very clear, you know, I know I can do it in an instant like this, but that's not what I want to do. And then he takes a different path. That's nice. the maturity of his mind.
3: Very well said.
9: Um, I have a question here, um, and I think it goes back to maybe what Ajay was asking about, you know, can you fall off the the path? Um, So when we say that we, you know, we are trying to get this enlightenment, is it like this physical body or this uh, genre that is, you know, that we are saying we want to get enlightenment? And then when... A rebirth occurs, then you have to make that sort of um, decision or desire has to come to you again or would that desire stay and move on with the subtle body?
2: Yeah. My, my understanding uh, Manu is the karmas are stored in the causal body um, and um, uh, it goes along with so when it takes the next birth, next it gets it connected to a next physical body. The the subtle and causal body uh, carries forward what has been collected in this um, um, birth, along with the previous births. All of that is stored um, in in that which moves forward.
9: But but does that include the desire for enlightenment or yeah. The, okay?
2: Yeah, good question. So, manu,
0: manu, uh, answer actually comes in the next few slokas, but maybe you know, I'll just uh, explain this. It mm-hmm. says that it says that the the uh, the next birth what one is going to get is the one that that has the strongest desire for you. So, for example, if if uh, if if your strongest desire is to get moksha and you've been living your life but you've not had gotten it, you will be created those those circumstances. You'll be created by Bhagawan those circumstances that will pursue that. But if your if your strongest desire is to let's say make a billion dollars, then you will be created those circumstances to create that billion dollars in a dharmic way while pursuing it.
9: Okay.
0: Okay. So yeah, it's the
8: it's the yeah. This is something I've heard often, which is that. Your last thought before you die, or you leave the body, is is uh, the most predominant kind of feature in your next birth. And uh, and because not all of your past uh, you know karmas and desires and circumstances will manifest. Only what is kind of in your prarabdha will kind of come into your next next birth. But okay. the, but the thoughts that you have when you're at the end of your life uh, <clears throat> is, is something that will be predominant in the next birth. Next
0: and Swami Omkaranda says very very funnily, he says if you've been thinking of food all the time and want to enjoy food, you might be born as a pig in the next next birth.
1: <laughs> <So. laughs> yeah.
10: And that's why they say that if you say God's name when you are dying, uh, yeah. you are all set. You, you are done. You are out of the orbit here.
9: Yeah, that, that's uh, that's actually good To, <laughs> Very to have easy. that faith that yeah. So, ne- next, so, yeah, you don't have to start from scratch. Uh, next time. Somebody on the lighter
10: <laughs> on the lighter note, one should be in Varanasi, and and just keep saying "Hey Ram, Hey Ram" uh, when the time comes.
0: <laughs> yeah, instinctively, yeah. <laughs> but how do you know when the time is coming?
3: All yeah, I mean, you know, every day, every time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the point.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. And also, you know, uh-huh. I remember reading, uh, listening to Swami Guru Parananda's discourse. He says that let's say the people with terminal illness, right? He says the biggest thing that you could do is, uh, you know, to remove all pictures of dogs and cats on the wall or their favorite uh, people and all that and just, you know, replace them with, uh, you know, uh, pictures of uh, uh, Bhagwan, because that way you know they are sort of forced to think about, you know, what Bhagwan is and what the Tatva is, and they might they might actually reach that. Seems pre- practical suggestion to me, actually.
2: Yeah, but you know, without yeah. uh, a level of knowledge like what we are going through, it is very hard, right? The, the predominant one um, uh, would be fear. And, um, you know, when the end is near, it would be fear that I don't want to, I don't want to die, right? But, um, yeah, I mean, and that's why I think this would be a very, uh, so even if you had heard that, yes, I should uh, utter uh, uh, Bhagwan's name or something like that, it would be completely vanquished by the fear and the
8: desire to... Yeah. Although my sort of, uh, and again, I read this somewhere, is that most people apparently when they are about to die or maybe not die, but when they are in discomfort or if they feel like this is kind of bad place, would typically kind of say something around sort of either, you know, Hare Krishna or, hey Bhagavan or, you know, hey Ram or whatever, right? Apparently, that is a predominant sort of thought which comes to a lot of people going through, not necessarily facing kind of death, but just facing a difficult situation.
2: And that's again out of fear, though. The underlying, underlying emotion is fear. Perhaps, perhaps. Perhaps. So, Ajay, you're right. If it is out of surrender,
0: then it works perfectly fine. And then you, know. you switch the path. But if it's not out of surrender, then yes, there's sir. a problem.
8: Yeah. yeah and, 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 you know, I'll tell you what my experience, my personal experience is that when I'm ill and I feel like my faculties are kind of curtailed and I'm not feeling good, I'm feeling miserable. You know, the thought, I mean, I, I say this all the time, you know, hey Bhagwan, right? And I don't know whether it is fear or is it, I don't know whether it's surrender either, but there is some, some, some emotion. I don't know what that is, to be honest.
0: Let us know when you know it.
8: Yeah, no, I I, I I kind of, when I reflect on it, I, I inevitably do that. And yeah, I mean, whether it's fear or surrender is something I need to reflect on, to be honest.
6: I think one way think, to know uh, if it's fear or surrender is, uh, like, if you reflect in, right, if you're, if there's a flutter, if there's anxiety, I mean, not anxiety, if you're, if you're uncomfortable, right, discomfortable in the inner space, right, when when you're, after you utter, if it brings in comfort, right? two things can happen. When you say, hey, Bhagwan, it may just bring you rest, peaceful, rest, restful uh, awareness inside, right? Or it can become, hey, 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 Bhagwan, hey, Bhagwan, hey, Bhagwan. Like it can intense the uh, mm-hmm. chanting more. So if you drop into restful awareness zone, restful awareness means, let's say you're watching a sunset in a beach, nothing to do. The way you feel, right? Just that's a that's a restful awareness, completely relaxed in the outside. After you utter Hey Bhagwan, once or twice or thrice, you it will take you to a restful awareness zone. And then then it is out of surrender. But if it if it's not dropping in the restful awareness zone, then you're still working out of the anxiety. That's one thing. Yeah, stage. I think I think the,
8: the third sort of element other than sort of fear and surrender, and they're they two- Extremes in some ways, but I think a lot of time it's out of helplessness also, mm-hmm. which is probably closer to surrender in some ways.
6: Yeah,
8: where uh, it's more out of helplessness, saying, "Look, I can't do anything; it's it's all up to you," kind of thing. Now, see,
0: so, yeah, I no, think no, the no. key helplessness is, the... is not closer to surrender. Helplessness is inactivity leads you to inactivity, but helplessness uh, uh, with the intense knowledge that there is somebody else to take care of you. Is not helplessness actually that is surrender,
8: yeah? No, I, I, yeah, I think, and I think a lot of that is just naturally around helplessness, and therefore, therefore, kind of saying, Okay, I need to, you know, you kind of say, Look, I cannot do anything, you need to do something, kind of thing, yeah.
6: And, and the
8: but trust... also,
9: mm-hmm. sorry, and I, the... I was just gonna say, um, also, you know, if it's um, that believe that okay whatever's happening there must be a good reason for it mm, um, and continuously sort of repeating that to yourself I think that um, and and you know saying that yeah if God is doing this there must be a bigger plan around it kind of thing so I don't know if that falls in the category of surrender or
2: acceptance uh, Manu uh, good point <clears throat> acceptance
1: and that is closer to 7 then. Yeah. Okay. Mm, interesting. Yeah, but, uh, just, but a, curious, just a curious question. If you know,
0: if we had not been exposed to this Gita teachings, you know, how would we have interpreted our situations going through you know, uh, life? Yeah. And let's say that somebody wants to do good and they want to be nice and all that stuff, but they don't understand this concept of you know escape. <laughs> escaping the life and death and all that stuff. Let's say that that's the situation. How would we have actually lived our life? Wouldn't it be a little bit more confusing than what it is right now?
2: We can look at our own self before we started the journey and see what that would have been like. Yeah,
0: Um, because the words words have, you know, a particular meaning as defined in the dictionaries and we are using those words and interpreting the whole, you know, our thoughts in those words. And I think that's, that boxes us, uh, boxes our thinking. It doesn't expand and, beyond. What-
9: yeah, I, I think it's, uh, you know, you could be doing good and wanting to do good and all those things. But I think what uh, I have found, you know, going through these learnings and uh, over the past couple of years, that it helps you, like it helps me to be calm myself. You know, and I think that, and enables me to do more so uh, while you could be doing good and you could be you know wanting or having that desire to be good sometimes uh how you deal with the situations you know might be too hard on yourself so i, I think that's what i have gotten out of this like how to be calm myself how to you know take care of myself and then be you know be able to do good
8: yeah I'm just reflecting back on sort of before, whatever, 2019 and now, I think even then I had a faith and this kind of thing around Hey Bhagwan, would probably happen even then, but that was in some ways blind faith. Whereas now there is a rationale around it that sort of flows through your thoughts to say you kind of have that same instinctive reaction, and you're able to kind of say, like for example, whether it is acceptance or whether you kind of you know think about you know your karma bank becoming more balanced, perhaps or moksha or whatever, right? So I think there is a there is a there is a little more sort of color to that faith. Uh, it's still evolving, of course, uh, but at that time. There was faith still. And that was very that that was a that was a source of strength even then, and a source of strength even now.
6: Yeah, well well said Yeah, that I think is the blessing that I think all of us who were born in India are given with, right? See that that's why the ecosystem, you know, in, I mean Bharat is an ecosystem of enlightenment, right? So the the environment puts a seed by default, right? That, you know, hey, Bhagwan is, is a kind of, even though, I mean, as you worded it, blind faith, it is it is bhakti, right? Uh, an idea that somebody is there to take care. Versus now, I mean, I've been in the US for the last 20 years, right? I mean, that seed doesn't exist, right? The people are on their own. I mean, there's not, I mean the idea is I, I'm onto my own, right? Uh, I, I'm going, and then, you know, I, I see the struggle that people go through just on simple... Like, you know, when they lose a job or, you know, something happens, somebody dies, uh, you, know, you know, just the, the curveball that hits and the difficulty they have to come challenges they come out versus, you know, a lot of from Indians, right? We just say, hey, I mean, we all, you know, we never lose sleep, right? And if shit happens, we all say, God will take care, right? Good night's sleep, you know, <laughs> we never lose it. Uh, and, you know, people here have difficulty sleeping. I mean, they all, if you look at the amount of tablets they take to sleep to get out of depression. Uh, I mean, I feel so thankful for that reason, as I just you said, uh, right? But you know, th- even that the bhakti is laid in the in the sand, right? We don't need to acquire it. We don't need to make an effort. It's just given to us in a platter. And then I think then it becomes jnana varishta bhakti, right? That, that's what you're alluding to is uh, the bhakti colored with jnana, and uh, and yeah. that's that's typically the m- journey of a seeker, right? But you're yeah, you're okay. starting off with bhakti that you were all born because. I mean, to me, the way I reflect always is I, I was born in India in a certain family because I had started seeking the last birth, right? I don't know where I was, but the very fact that seeking has thrown me into India. So, you know, by default, a lot of things are given to me. I don't need to make an effort to get bhakti or or struggle with the idea of bhakti, right? Um, and I see a lot of Westerners, you know, I, who come to my guru, this idea of bhakti is such an insult, some like a big wall to climb. that. They take decades to just to get to the accept the idea that surrender is possible. There's so much they resisted so much, and you know, and and that's a seed, right? That see the bhakti. There's something beyond me that can help. Is is kind of such a foundational attitude in an enlightenment journey, and even to get there, they take ten years, twenty years to get to that possibility. And and for me, like day one, yeah, he says you surrender to guru. I say yeah, I can do it. Whether I do it correctly or not, that is different. But the idea, I don't resist. I mean, I just see it is such a blessing that I was born in India that uh, I'm just so thankful for that, uh, what the ecosystem that India gave and you know, Bharat gave to me as a child. Does that change for your children, Muku? Um, Yes, it, it, it did change. So I, my son did go to a Gurukul you know, for that reason. He went to India for a Gurukul for three years mm-hmm. when he was like earlier on. So I just wanted him not to miss that seed. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think fortunately he, he him, him, I had the blessing and he had the blessing to have gotten that seed also in, in the next generation. He has that seed also, is what I see now. Yeah.
0: Actually, yeah, no, I think. Uh, Ajay,
7: I just wanted to add. I just
0: wanted to add to what Muku was saying in that context, right? So uh, several years back, I mean, um, Muku's kid and my kids, all of her, Udai's Daughter, all of us, all the, all of them were very very young. We all took a trip, okay, to uh, K- Kerala, and there was a group photo. And uh, my mom looked at that photo, and they said, "This kid, pointing to mukus son, right? This kid is different." She she said that
1: long back. Interesting. Thanks. Sorry, Vidya, you were saying something?
7: Yeah, I just wanted to add to what you said. Uh you know we all are born uh, as you said and Mukherjee said uh, you know family where we can have the faith from the beginning but i think after reading like how you said it has become stronger so i can say you know in from vishwas it has gone to Dhrida vishwas you know mm. so i would use that word to make it stronger and um, if we can see everything with that vishwas then we can reach to a place where we are trying to reach. And not having that fear of this janma or any janma, right? So the janma concept goes away. Um, and not even wondering whether we are in any part of the world, you know, we can just focus on our vishwas And with that, you know, what I would say is, even though I've been here for 25 years in U.S., I have that Vishwas that my kids would be fine. And I see them slowly changing. Um, it's not a very quick one. I didn't do what Muku did <laughs> with his kid. Um, but I do see that, you know, for example, my daughter from her college, she said, oh, there's a retreat for Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Do you know who this person is? Does your, uh, <laughs> you know, friends from Bitspilani, anybody goes go mm-hmm. to that retreat? So she was very clear in her thinking. And I didn't ask her to go and do anything like that. And I said, yes, these people from my Bitspilani gang, they do go. And I didn't say more than that. And then she, it let her decide what you she wants. change was. my
2: voice in the Google Home app. At the top right, tap your profile picture.
7: Okay. So, and I do see similar um, information I get from Manu's daughter too. So I'm like, uh, so intrigued that how, once we do at our home, how it disperses outside. And sometimes I see in my environment, like my next door neighbor, she is a Christian, Jodi, but she every time comes to my you know, Diwali or any celebrations, and she will take Haldikungum. And we will talk very simple, you know, heart to heart conversations where there's no discrimination, there's just you and I, and that power. So it's, it's uh, so I would just say that, you know, keep that Drida vishwas in you, and it will happen.
9: Yeah, I certainly see the impact on the kids. Um that, which I just mentioned I had shared with uh, some of them. Um, so, my younger daughter, you know, she's a junior high, in high school. And for her language uh, class, she had to pick one sentence, and the teacher gave them like a lot of different links to different essays. And he said, just pick one sentence from any of these essays and analyze it. And she came to me and the, the sentence she has picked is from a Tagore essay about you know, the, the realization of truth can be, You know, people take two paths, either following the principle of duality or the principle of unity. And so we had a long discussion on, on what principle of uh, duality and principle of unity is. So yeah, I mean, she's been hearing me and I keep talking about these things. Uh, they usually, you know, just laugh it
1: off, but I see that it's taking some effect. <laughs> yeah, I
6: think the fact they are born into any of our family, right? Uh, I mean, they, that is their karma. Right? Basically, they're also a good chance they're mumukshus, is what I'm saying, right? The mumukshus would do a little bit of wealth, right? So they, they didn't want to struggle. So they wanted to, so they all gone born to us because, you know, <laughs> a little bit of things get handed in, a, you know, they don't need to work for money, right? Otherwise, some of, some of them are in situations yeah. where they need to work for money. So they're thrown into an environment where they can see without the pressure of money. So I think that's what we all need to acknowledge. So when we talk to our kids, uh, I think the, the, the understanding we all need to come with is they already have the seed, right? We just need to keep protect the flame. That's all we need to do. So that's a, that's a
7: perspective. At least. That's awesome. Yeah, totally agree. That's that's wonderful,
1: Muku, Yeah. So it all started off with Sakuba's question in terms of, uh, you know, what's going to happen? How how do we, you know, would would we get here
0: and there? And his keen observation that you know the question was directly asked by Arjuna, despite the fact that you know he was such a great warrior and all that stuff. And Krishna does say answers that question, saying that, yes, it is indeed
1: possible that you will gain the right circumstances.
8: Yeah, much like sort of everything else that we hear in the scriptures and the various lectures that, you know, like Swami P says very often, that only 5% of what we want is in our control, right? And 95% is circumstances, prarapta, whatever else. I feel like even in our path to mumukshutvam, it's, it's the same, actually. It's only 5%. I mean, there are a lot of circumstances that will determine whether we get there or not. Uh, it's a flash, as Krishna was saying. Uh, but it's a 5% that we control and we need to focus on it. Much like everything else that we,
0: that we do. I think that's the self-effort that these shlokas talk about. You know, Correct. Whatever that that so it's not control. like you know,
8: everything is in my control, I will achieve it or not. I just need to do my bit and the universe will
1: connive to get us to the other state. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But, but that is why the,
9: that acceptance or that having that faith that whatever's happening is
8: is all right, yeah. You know,
9: is the right thing.
8: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that's that, and, and again, again, between sort of like you know, before and after, I think that is a big, big realization because yeah. these questions that we have spoken about once, like, you know, why has it happened to me, or why couldn't it have happened differently, they've gone away from my head now
10: mm-hmm.
8: because I used to kind of really kind of reflect on the past and how could I change it and. This was like just not the right thing, and I have done anything wrong to deserve this. All that kind of, yeah. you know, regress, you know, past past life regression kind of stuff, right? Or past karma regression. I think mean, that's kind of the other thing which has really changed.
3: Yeah. I think to put in words of uh, the, the Karma Yoga, Sishwara Buddhi, we kind of go more towards that. Not only just I accepted whatever happens but accept it with a joy saying, if this is what Bhagavan wants to give at this point for me to better myself, learn from this experience, then that's a great way of looking at it. And Yeah,
1: yeah in
8: fact, from Swami Dayananda's first book that we read and some of you were not uh, in the group at that time, actually these two words, you know, Ishwararapana buddhi and uh, the other one, uh,
1: Prasad-
8: Prasad- Prasada buddhi, right? Those were like, to me, the big takeaways from that 200 pages. And, uh, yeah, and it's not even, uh, for example, you know, it's Ishwar's kind of will. I kind of look at it as very much like this is the consequences of my actions, right? I mean, in in a way, you can kind of put it on Bhagavan, right? But that's not fair almost, right? (laughs) This is my doing, right? Whatever is happening to me,
1: so... (laughs)
9: No, but it, it's your doing in um, and combined with whatever else is, you know, because I think if you just say it's my doing, then you have that, you know, um you can go down that rabbit hole of beating yourself up for what no, you didn't.
8: No, not necessarily. Event. I mean, so, when I say, when I say like, it's my doing, I mean, Obviously, there are other actions and everything that's happening. Yeah, there are there are many
9: things that are not within our control that we have to just accept that these are not within our control. And yes, we have to do the best that we can do. And yes, if we don't do something right, we will get the you know effect of that too. But even if we didn't do something right, it was the right thing for us. That, that's like how I sort of think about yeah. it now. You know, okay, I didn't do this, and I I got the result from that because I didn't do this, so I didn't get that whatever it was. But that all of those actions or non-actions and and the results of that are the right thing for me today. Like they brought me here today. You know, that's that's how I yeah. sort of reason yeah. it for myself. Yeah, I mean, I'm the only the only thing oh, I would I say is that
10: when
8: I'd say, sorry, go ahead.
10: No, i was just going to say that if you are coming from the principle of uh, ishwar arpan buddhi then it doesn't then you are not really doing the karta right i mean you take away the karta bhav associated that right that whether i did it right or whether i did mm-hmm. not do it right it is god's will that happened through you right so if you start thinking from that reference point then you know it's it's all it's all good
1: yeah
10: I think somewhat
8: differently on that VP, which is that I think God's will is a consequence of what you've done in previous lives. Right? It is still yes, my action, right. right? So God's will yeah. is not independent of me, right? I may not know why he's doing what, what he's doing. And so he's like the sort of the supercomputer who's kind of coordinating everything, you know, doing all the pluses and minuses in these complex equations. but you know, God's kind of actually not, I mean, in a way, he's like, it's like a computer, right? It's input-output, right? It doesn't have like a view of its own. I mean, if I, if I pray to God and I get uh, the positive karma out of that, that's again my doing, it's not Bhagwan's doing, right? Bhagwan is a very fair sort of thing, right? Whatever it is, right? And, what it is doing is it's basically kind of computing something which is really a consequence of what I've done. And why I don't understand why, what is happening to me is because I just don't have that memory of like my million births. Right. But, and, and so, you know, to right. have that attitude, look, God will be fair to me is Ishwaratna Buddhi, which is, okay, I'm going to do this, you know, or, you know, the Prasada Buddhi, you know, I will get what I deserve. That, to me, is how I think about Ishwar Prasad buddhi. Ishwar will do the right thing from from my standpoint, given my background, if you know what I
10: mean. The the principle of uh, Ishwar Arpan would be the way I understood from that book was that, you know, whatever you are doing, it's all dedicated to God, right? It's not, you're taking away the karta bhav, like you're you're getting rid of the ahankar of a doer, right? We're just saying that because God wanted... uh, things to be done this one wanted to be uh, having done or wanting to be um, getting things done a certain way therefore they are happening and yes of course there is prarabdh involved in that because otherwise why are you doing it why is not somebody else doing it that's right. how I think about it right so it's a it's a it's a combination of both those things and the more you get away from that karta bhaav, um, you know the more I think I mean my understanding is that you are purifying yourself and you know you're yeah, trying no. to be closer to atman
8: No, i, I see what you're saying vp but you know the way i think about it is that when i'm when i say i'm dedicating it to god that i'm not the karta because i am doing something as a consequence of what i've done and ishwar kind of recognizes it and you know decides what needs to be done so ultimately it's it's a dedication to the lord but the source to me is me and my mistakes.
10: And then who's me? And... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> when, when, say, when I say me,
8: I mean obviously the, the body-mind complex, because the body-mind complex is suffering. The me is the, the Atma is kind of just there, which is a witness. So when I say me, obviously it means the body-mind complex because we're in this in this universe. And until moksha, we're we're going to be body-mind, right? The Sukshma Sharira and the and the physical kind of body around it.
0: So Ajay, that clarity is what is absolutely essential for us. And once that is there, then it, life is, life. we're already on the spiritual path. I see two hands raised. Kishore, you raised it first.
1: Go ahead. Yeah,
2: you know, um, to, I think, Manu's point earlier, when we say, uh, you know, certain things that have happened in the past and so on, it is important to know that that was a different mind-body complex, right? everything changes every, you know, every few years, all cells of the body are changing. Um, So that was a different mind-body complex with a different set of combination of gunas at that point. And at that point it decided to do certain things, right? And that is not the mind-body complex that is there today with a different level of understanding, different set of gunas. Um, So yes, there is that commonality that it is, it is me, but that commonality, um, but otherwise the mind-body complex has completely changed over, over time. So um, when I look back, uh, that understanding helps me say that, hey, that that was a different me uh, at that time that did this or did not do something. Um, so yes, I, I bear responsibility and uh, accept that that's happened and it's, uh, it, you know, everything and we can uh, assign other things to things that we have done. So it's purely, a, what it also helped me is to understand that it's purely our own, we are ourselves responsible. There is no assigning blame or anything to any, anybody else, including the concept of God, which I, um, uh, it is purely us, <laughs> purely me. And what I did is my own responsibility, or did not do is my own responsibility. But at the same time, there's no blame, there's no guilt, because that was me then. That was a different me. The mind body complex was very, very different. Ajay, you're on mute. Yeah, I, th- I
8: think you're, you're, you're kind of, you're, I agree with you. I think the only thing uh, I would say is that yes, the body is very different. But the sukshma sharira, which, is, which the mind is part of is a continuum. Now, some of it, you know, what is, what is kind of maturing into the next life and other things is probably a different thing. But the sukshma sharira is not a different thing. It is pretty much the same thing. Some of them that will manifest in the next life, some will not. But uh, that's how kind of the whole karma thing passes over and all the proclivities and the desires and everything that we carry. Or whether it is a dharmic or any of those kind of features, that's how they pass from one life to the other, right? But the body, of course, is entirely different.
2: But Ajay, even sukshma and where the mind and intellect are part of that, that yeah. d- d- made certain decisions or not, right? So that is changing too. Of Changed. course, of that course. is it's also the same. influenced by the it's guna. Not the same, but the
8: nature of it is, or the kind of the broad contours of that are not just entirely different.
2: Yeah. But, but but then the mind that forced the body to or influence the body and not force, they influence the body to do certain things, right? The sense, through the sense organs. Now, that was a different mind. That was a mind that was influenced by the gunas at that time. You see what I mean? That's why we had those thoughts that eventually led to certain actions or inaction, right? Uh, so, you know, it is important to, Look back and say, yeah, I mean, so I forgive myself for that. It, it wasn't, it was the gunas that influenced me to do that at that time. But that is not me today. But I'm responsible for it. I carry forward that um, uh, karmas uh, uh, that it, it led to certain things happening in, in, our, in our own lives, right? So where we are today, maybe we look back and say, hey, I'm on the spiritual path today because of certain things that has happened in the past. And I can draw a, a dotted line relationship to that. But then I don't have to feel guilt about it because that was me then. Um, that was That's a different a, mind and body. No, you're totally right. Just like ten, 10 seconds,
8: I mean, you're totally right. The mind is, that complex is evolved, right? The samskaras have, you know, played out, right? And so you, you write to the extent that, yes, it's different. But in some ways, there is a continuation or a, there is an evolution. But what activity. is the continuation? Like, there's an evolution, right? Based on sort of our karmas and our actions and deeds and our mind is evolving. The gunas are playing around, one going up, other coming down. So all of that is happening in sort of real time, right? So yes, we're different. That Absolutely, no doubt. And I, I think, you know, knowing this whole sort of having done a little bit, having spent like last couple of years, I now don't feel guilty about what's happened in the past. I mean, today it happened, it's done. There's not much you can Absolutely. do about it. Move ahead. Absolutely. But the only, only sort of slight uh, difference from what you said was, that I think it is, it's, a, it's an evol- ev- evolution as opposed to a different thing altogether.
2: Yeah. No, it, I agreed, I agreed. It is an evolution. But uh, to, to that point, what has not changed, uh, Ajay? Um, uh, because if, to perceive change, you need to have something which is static. To perceive change. I mean, unless there is something static, you cannot perceive change. So, you you just to your point, you said there is something which is the same. That is you.
8: Of course, of course (laughs) not. I I, I see what you're saying. It's just. So, as long as
2: we are connected to that, which is not changing, the other ones is the play of the gunas.
0: I like the way you stop, how you softly you know, pushed him a little harder to think about the different angle in terms of the Kutastha. So uh, I see uh, shamla you raised your hand.
11: Great discussion, superb discussion. Uh, My only practical experience has been that uh, which combines most of the points that got discussed. This understanding helped me move away from a feeling of victim or a helplessness to an empowerment, actually. So even if it is you know our own body, it's our own doings, it's not about the past. I think you still have a power to change it today. And, and so, like I said, it, it combines all the points. The the body-mind complex is evolving. Yes, we did what we did in the past. So there is no reason to feel sorry. There's no reason to feel guilty. And yes, Ishwar Buddhi is a macro acceptance concept. But I think in this moment, you feel empowered. There is something that you can do which can change for tomorrow. I think that's been a biggest, um, at least my my experience after going through these conversations, even if other people don't change, I can change. And so the situation will change. That empowerment feeling of us being in the driver's seat has been um, a biggest takeaway.
6: And, and Shamla, that's the, I totally agree, right? That's the biggest value of Sanatan Hindu Dharma, right? The whole thread of Sanatan, any, do any scripture, do anything in that, it's a sense of empowerment. Uh, that's a central principle, you know that that science teaches, and that's why you know if you really think about one enlightened master goes to China, the whole China in you know ten you know uh, hundred years becomes gets influenced. is because it's a science of empowerment. You now, once people get it, it, doesn't really matter what you believe in, what you don't believe in, whom you pray to. the 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 the, the, the power of empowerment cannot be taken away. And I think that is the—that's what even all of us, you know, we, if you look at our lives, we had come from different backgrounds, but we all got pulled into because it somewhere empowers us. Beautifully said, uh, And I totally—that's been my experience, <clears throat> yeah.
9: And uh, I, I would just add that the victimizer has also been me. Like I've been the one who's you know beating myself up. So the this the um, the empowerment that comes from within, basically. Whiteens that that victimizer also who was also just me you know so I, I think it's it's just yeah just awesome. I totally agree with you Shannon.
1: Awesome,
0: great discussion uh, 733. I think uh, we'll take a pause and maybe complete the last few slokas uh, by next week and uh, you know we will we will we will we will probably summarize. I guess at that point of time, let's let's reflect on how this chapter six is helping us out in terms of our own personal journey. I think that'd be a wonderful uh, summary of what what we'll see. Um, so with that, you know, the one thing the the one thing that I want to say is that. Uh, you know, I read this book long back, and I think I posted it in, in our group as well. See, uh, Muku, you talked about Sanatana Dharma, and Ajay, you talked about this, uh, uh, you know, the mind-body continuum, the, the mind continuum, right? I think there is this concept of uh, Sanatana Dharma as a eternity, and a, something which is there, eternity as a living principles, right? As what, what is there. there. There's another way of looking at it from, from the English words perspective, there's this is word called culture. Right. And you know, if, if somebody says what is Hindu culture or what is Sanatana Dharma culture, if culture is a set of things that we do which are constant, okay, then that's no evolution. Okay, but if, if it's not a noun, if, if you view culture as a verb, okay, something that you take something in a petri dish and you culture it, and then it changes itself into something else, you again put it in something else, it changes itself and goes on, then that is culture, okay. Likewise. Body can't be cultured. It can be cultured to only some extent. You can wear better clothes and all that stuff. But the mind culture is what Sanatana Dharma talks about. Okay. So from that perspective, the mind is sort of constant, but it's an an evolution.
1: A mind that is
0: evolving constantly towards a particular goal, which Sanatana Dharma says. So I'd strongly encourage you to kind of look at this book called uh, Ancient Ancient Indian Culture by Swami Krishnananda okay you don't have to read the entire book just read the first two chapters which talks about definition of culture from his perspective and how he presents it to a western audience in terms of how you should view a culture what is american culture what is uh, you know japanese culture what is indian culture he explains it so beautifully that you know things put a lot of perspective and, and it, it it's 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 got nothing to do with the, you know the world or anything it's got to do it's got nothing to do with the world, but it's got everything to do with in terms of how you view the whole ecosystem and such. It's a beautiful book. Check it out.
3: I know Swami Krishnananda's books are available free on the web, right? A
0: free PDF download, Swamikrishnananda.org. Yeah. Just search for "Ancient Indian Culture." That's the name of the book. Okay. I, I kind of you know uh, bank on him to get my English words and sentences that I can play
1: play, play from him is really good all right let's say our concluding prayer
0: Oh, sarve bhavantu Sukhinaha sarve santu niramaya sarve bhadrani pashyantu ma kaschid dukkhabhavet om oh, shanti 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 Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi
1: om So next weekend we'll complete the chapter 6. Enjoy your weekend. Hari Aum. Bye. Hari om. Thank, bye. You. Thank you. you. Thank you. Bye.